and a Christian having a discussion together. And the atheist challenged the Christian to a debate. The atheist was challenging the claims that Christians indeed were changed. They were challenging the validity of Christianity. And the atheist wanted to have a debate on the subjects. The Christian was an active soul winner in the slums of London. And the Christian looked at the atheist and he said, I will enter into this debate with you under one condition. And he said this, I propose to you... (laughs) Is it the mic here? I'm just going to use this. How about that, Brian? We'll just use that. The atheist, uh, the Christian said, I propose to you, I will enter this debate under one condition. He said, I propose to you that we each bring some concrete evidences of the validity of our beliefs in the form of men and women whose lives have been forever changed by our teachings. The Christian man said, I will bring 100 individuals whose lives have been ruined by the world. Addictive vices, habits, bondages and chains, lives that have been without hope, lives reduced to the shame and guilt of what this world has given them. And he said, I'll present 100 lives like that who have been radically changed because of Jesus Christ. He said, in return, you bring me 100 individuals whose lives have been radically changed because of atheism. The Christian said, I'll tell you what. He said, if you cannot find 100 individuals, bring me 50. He said, if you can't find 50, bring me 20, 15, 10, 5. He said, just bring me one person whose life has been radically changed whose life is no longer ruined by the past or by the world or corrupted by sin. He said, just bring me one person who has been changed because of the teachings of atheism. And we'll have this debate. True story, the atheist thought about it and he quickly withdrew from the debate. You see, only Jesus dramatically changes the heart. And only Jesus removes the ugly inside and replaces it with a hope that will endure. This will be the last message that I preach in this series. Last week I read your answers to the question of what if Jesus had never been born. And the main theme that jumped out of that discussion was this word, hope. Really want you to focus on that word hope one more time with me. For you see, if Jesus had never been born, there would be no hope. Jesus has brought hope to the sinner. We talked about this last week. We talked about how you're in either one of two camps. You're in the camp of the saved or you're in the camp of the unsaved. If you're in the camp of the unsaved, you would probably have to say that deep down you're lacking that true sense of peace. 
that true sense of purpose in your life. There's just an emptiness. There's a void. There's an unrest inside. Maybe your life is just a big mess right now and you're looking for hope. Hebrews 11.6 told us that the only way that you will experience God and a hope that will last is if you truly place your faith in him. 100% of who you are in him, you become born again. Now hear me out on this. This will require you to put 100% of who you are in Jesus Christ. It's not good enough to simply believe. The Word of God tells us that even the demons believe and they tremble. You have to have the kind of faith to where you turn completely away from your old life, your old way of living. You no longer look back to what you were. It's all out for Jesus or it's nothing at all. And until you do this, you cannot and will not have hope in this life. We had said last week, no God, no hope, or no God, no hope. And you see, this is where your hope begins, is at the point of salvation in Jesus Christ. This leads me to my second point, my second area of hope today. Not only does the baby Jesus bring hope to the sinner, Jesus brings hope to the saint. Many of you know that I did the private funeral service for Grace Mauer's family. How many of you knew Grace? Many of you knew Grace, didn't you? Got to visit her a few times since I've come back. And the one thing that I always picked up on Grace is she always had a sweet disposition. Just a sweet, sweet spirit. The day after Christmas, we laid Grace Maurer to rest at Union Hill Cemetery. No one wants to go through the loss of a loved one, let alone during the holidays. But what I told the family is that Around Christmas, Christmas reminds us of exactly why Jesus came. And Christmas is really an ideal time to think about the hope that Jesus gives. I was able to share words of hope with the family that even during times of pain and sorrow, Jesus has brought hope. For you see, this really is the message of Christmas. Life is hard, isn't it? Sometimes, at best, life is hard. We live in a fallen world, a world where one tragedy is replaced by another tragedy. One difficulty is traded with another difficulty. A couple weeks ago, suicide bombers killed 145 in a Pakistan village. Many of them were kids in a school. Deranged. People taking hostages in an Australian cafe, leaving a total of three dead. And there's been many more tragedies since then. And my question to you is, where does one's hope come from in the midst of life's tragedies? Where does hope come from in the midst of life's hardships? 
How does one get through this life with all its storms, all of its ups and downs, the curveballs, the, the different twists, the different things that get thrown our way? And I simply tell you that you put your faith in that little one right there. Could it be that simple? This babe who would one day die to save all of mankind is also saying, that babe is also saying to someone here this morning, if you're going through a difficulty, a hardship, and a crowd this size, there's at least a few, he's telling you this morning, trust me. Trust me. For if I led you to it, I'll lead you through it. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, it will, it will be on the screen. But 1 Peter chapter 1. Great verse. There's two areas, two more areas that I want to share with you today. Jesus brings hope to the saints. 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Verses 3 through 5 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Where does your hope come from? This tells us that there is a hope that we can live with. It's a living hope. That's a great line right there. Two great words, a living hope. Many of you in the mornings as, you're, as you get up and as you go on your way to work, there are things that you take with you. You'll take your coffee mug or you may take a briefcase or your business bag or whatever it might be. If you have your keys, you may take your purse, your wallet, your phone. A number of things that you take with you. And Jesus is telling all of us that I have a hope that you can take with you as well. Wherever you go. Some of you may be saying, okay, pastor, that sounds very pastor-esque. I I need something that can give me a, a practical hope in a practical world. There's two quick parts that I want to share with you before I move on. What kind of hope? How can I get this hope for life's difficulties on a daily basis? Remember, Jesus just said, he told us in his word, that it's a living hope. Number one, it all begins with your faith. Simple, doesn't it? Sounds simple. But it all begins with your faith. And guess where it began with our first area? When he brings hope to the center, it begins with faith, doesn't it? When we place our faith in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.5 just told us. Let's go ahead and read that who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It says, through faith, through faith. 
It's not the faith of God. It's your faith. It's my faith. It's the ability to look past all of the hurt, all of the pain that you might be experiencing at the time and still believe that God is in control. Whatever circumstances that you're in right now, if you're hurting, if you're in pain, you can have the hope, a living hope, if you just keep your eyes on Jesus. It's simply choosing to believe that God is still there. Look, you make choices every single day. You're making a choice right now. You have chosen to believe that that pew is going to hold you up or else you would not have sat down on it. You have chosen this morning to believe that the car was going to start whenever you turned it on. Every day you make choices of belief and trust. We believe and we trust in relationships here on this earth. But the fact of the matter is this. All of those things that we just talked about, all of those things that we believe and trust in, they have the ability to fail us, don't they? Even relationships sometimes fail us. But Jesus never does. Jesus never does. Remember we talked about this a week or two ago. I read from Streams in the Desert where we said, you can trust the one who died for you. You can trust the one who died for you. So that it all begins with your faith. And number two, so faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing and believing in God's word. Another simple, simple point. Simple point. But in times of testing for the saint, hope is found when we believe. Now hear me out on this because this has the possibility to revolutionize your life. I truly believe that it does. The kind of faith that produces hope comes from reading and hearing and then believing the word of God, church. I don't have the words of life. It doesn't matter how much I try and dress up every Sunday, how good I try to present myself, how, how many flowery words that I don't have the word. Only this has the words of life. During these times and at all times, we are to fill our life with God's word and his promises. And I'm telling you that in your darkest moments, you can experience hope for today and hope for tomorrow when you personalize God's word and his promises to you. I'm seeing some heads being shaken like this. If you're going through something this morning, listen to some of these verses. And personalize them and make them your own. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now I have several more I'm going to share with you. I'm just going to tell you something. 
what, I, what we can do in times of difficulty and at all times. Every time you see a he or a she or a you or an I or whenever it's talking about someone other than God, put your name in it. Put your name there. Because these are promises from God Almighty. They are promises, I've said it before, they are promises from a gentleman. And he never breaks his promises. Put your word, personalize it. Now, that Isaiah 26 is God speaking, but you can, you can say it like this. You will keep Joe in perfect peace if his mind is stayed on you because Joe trusts in you. You will keep Luis in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because she trusts. See what I mean? Here's another one. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be moved, but my kindness shall not depart from you Helen, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you, Bob. Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And I really like this last one. Now may the God of, say it with me, hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, having faith, And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See what I mean? You want hope for today? You want hope that will carry you through life's struggles? Believe. It begins with your belief and your faith. And it also believes. It also starts with God's word. Incorporating God's word into your life. Make it personal. I want to tell you about someone whose identity I'm going to keep anonymous. We're just going to call them Bob. Bob has walked with God for many years. But about six months ago, Bob came home to a note from his wife saying that she was leaving him. And she had had it and she couldn't take any more. I'm good friends with Bob. I spoke with Bob just a few days ago just to see how he was doing. And I posed these questions to Bob. I said, is there hope for the believer when life falls apart like this? I said, Bob, for someone in your position, what would life be like if Jesus had never been born? And that last question, whenever I asked that question, what would life be like if Jesus had never been born? I I, I didn't even get the sentence out and I heard Bob just kind of moan and groan. Bob said that there is absolutely no way that he could make it through this time in his life without the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I posed the same question to Clayton, Becky, the other day. When I came in to see uh, Clayton, Mayor Clayton Weller, uh, many of you know that he's battling cancer and his spirits are good, his spirits are well, but I posed the same question to him. I said, Clayton, what would you do if Jesus had never been born? And I barely even got this sentence out and he just went, oh, I don't know that I could make it. Back to Bob. Bob said that there were times in this whole ordeal whenever he had a hard time breathing. He said he had to think to even breathe. Have you been there? Have you been there in those moments to where it's hard to even breathe? But Bob said when those moments hit, he said, Jesus breathed for me. He testified to the faithfulness of God. God in his word He said, and then at times, a phone call would come just whenever I needed it. A text would come just whenever I needed it. Someone would show up with something that I needed just in the nick of time. Encouraging prayers. Bob told me that when his his wife left him, humanly speaking, he felt as if all of his past experiences meant nothing. And that there was nothing to look forward to. But Bob told me that God in his words says differently. This is someone I just talked to a few days ago. They're still going through it. Bob said he believes that there is still a Jeremiah 29, 11 for him in his life. Which let me remind you that it says, God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a... (laughs) And a future. And Bob said he is realizing that even when bad times hit, God always has a Jeremiah 29 11, and God is truly all that he needs. You see, sometimes you will find that when Jesus and God is all that you have, he's all that you need. We can sing that song, He is all I need. He is all I need. Jesus is all I need. Sing it with me. He is all I need. He is all I need. Jesus is all I need. When he's all you have, you'll find he's all that you need. Look, I understand that many people, some of you perhaps today, have come here looking for a message of hope. People come to church looking for a word of encouragement, a message that can give them what they need I'm in these four walls. Pastor, say something to me that will bring me hope. So now that I have you all within the four walls of this church, let me give you hope. If you have found some of these things to be helpful to you, let me tell you, you can take it with you. You see, it's not just a word that can be preached within the the walls of a stained glass windowed church. It's not just can be spoken and and be received and experienced only where there's altars and communion plates and a pulpit. 
Jesus said, I've given you a living hope. A hope that you can take with you and live with you. And it starts with faith and it starts with the word of God. Every moment of every day, it's practical, it's portable. The hope of Jesus Christ. Last point. Not only does Jesus bring hope to the sinner and hope to the saint. I love this. This little baby brings hope unto death. I have been in the ministry now, goodness, 12, 13 plus years. I've been to my fair share of funerals. I've been to funerals to where there's been an incredible spirit of rejoicing and celebration. And I've also been to funerals that have been very difficult, very painful. When the deceased was not a believer in Jesus Christ, or when the family members that were there were not believers in Jesus Christ, you could almost feel the coldness in the room. Almost as if the the life was just sucked out of the place. I've been in the presence of people who have been nearly uncontrollable and almost had to be removed because of just the, the incredible sorrow, the incredible sense of no hope. Those are painful times. Because there's no hope. One of my favorite Christmas movies is that right there. The Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. One of my favorite ones. But one of the most powerful scenes is the final one, as you can see there, when the spirit of Christmas future visits Ebenezer Scrooge. And one of the reasons it's so powerful is because when Ebenezer is taken to that tombstone and he's just begging that it's not him and whenever the snow is removed or the name is revealed to Scrooge and he sees his name on there, you can feel, you can sense there's no hope. It's gone. Too late. It's gone. His eternal fate is sealed. What is it about death that creates terror in some but yet delight in others? There is a key to having hope unto death for the believer. And if you've been listening at all throughout this message, you know it involves another word. There it is again. Faith. Faith unto death. See, it all comes down to your faith. Faith is the key to everything. Faith is the key that brings hope for the sinner. It brings hope for the saint as we go through difficult times in life. It brings faith and it brings hope even unto death. I have to share some verses with you. If you want to turn Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. It's often called the Hall of Faith. One person after another is mentioned. 
It mentions people like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. It also mentioned Moses' parents. That's pretty cool. Joshua, Rahab, Rahab, who was a harlot, is included in this hall of faith. And many others are listed in this chapter. And they all succeeded because of their faith and of their continued belief in God. Look at what verses 13 and on say. Hebrews 11:13 says this. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Verse 16. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You see, folks, they were looking for another city. They were looking for another home. I fear that we, as believers, at times are too attached to this home. We, at times, are too attached to this earth, this world that we call home. And when we, when we become that attached, then we become ineffective for God. There is much work that can be done in this world when we don't live for this world. When a believer sets his sights on his permanent home, he will die with an anticipation. He will die with a hope. There it is again. Hope. Down to verse 17 of that same chapter. By faith, I like this, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. For those of you who know Jesus Christ, I have a great reminder for you. For those of you who don't know Jesus Christ or you don't think you know Christ, I have great news for you. There is hope even unto death. This verse tells us that Abraham had such faith. He knew. He didn't think. He knew that God was able to even raise his son from the dead if that's what it took to keep the promise. Do you realize, church, do you realize that's exactly why you and I can have hope today? Why you and I can have the hope of Jesus Christ? You don't have to turn there, but listen to what this says. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. He's talking to believers here. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That's another way of saying for those who have died. This is what he says. Don't be ignorant of those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Christmas is about hope. Every phase, every facet of life, there is hope. Church, we can have hope. We can know that those who have gone on before, my dadad and my mama, my papap, my cousin Jason, Grace Mauer, those of you that have your loved ones gone on before, we can know that if God tarries long enough, you will know that they will be raised to new life. And when Jesus comes back to receive us, if we're still alive, they will be one of the first on the scene with him. They'll join him on the way. Is that not hope? Even unto death, we do not need to fear death. I, excuse me for telling this again, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going, and I wish I could just throw that thing off the wall back there. You don't care, do I? Or do you? I don't care. You don't care. I don't, I don't, do you? you don't care. I told this before. Charles Wesley was having a conversation with an atheist. An atheist said, give me one reason why I should believe that Christianity is true. And Charles Wesley said, God's people die well. God's people die well. Let's not walk around like we've been drinking lemon juice. Let's act like people who have a hope, who have something to get excited about, who have something to smile about. Getting close. You ever think about this in Psalm 23, famous Psalm 23? There's a line in there that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You ever think about why does it say shadow of death? Why doesn't it say, yea, though I walk through the valley of death? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that for the believer, there is no such thing as death. (laughs) Only a shadow. Just a form of death. You see, because when this shell, yeah, this shell, I mean, I don't want to live in this thing forever anyways. It's, it's, it's more and more giving me fits the older I get. I don't want this thing. But when this shell ends, whenever, and I've said this before, but whenever we exhale, we give our final exhale, our next breath in is going to be in heavenly air. It's going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why it's just a shadow. That's not a real death. Papap, he died of lung complications. And it was hard seeing him pass away, not being able to breathe. But while we as his family was mourning and we were were weeping after he had passed, what we didn't realize is how good of a time he was having on the other side. Second Corinthians five, you don't have to turn there. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, 
earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent, these bodies, we groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we were at home in the body, we were absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And we are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Jenna, come on up, honey. Um, I want Jenna, and it's just real quick. It's, it's not real long. I just want her to read something for you. Um, our, our family, uh, especially the kids, they enjoy Christian rap. And uh, she's not going to rap. I'm not going to rap for you. Okay? And, and if you're curious about this song, come see Jenna or come see Parker, and they'll let you listen to the entire thing. But there's a portion of this song that I want you to listen to. This song is written to death. The person or the concept of death. And I want you to listen to what this Christian rapper said in closing about death. This world is broken and our sin is the reason. Words fall short trying to comfort the grieving, but you've got to know that there's hope to believe in. One day my God is going to crack the sky. He's going to ball up every tear that we ever cried, bring truth to every lie, justice for every crime. All our shame will be gone and we'll never have to hide. No more broken hearts, no more broken homes, no more locking doors, no more cops patrolling, no abusive words or abusive touches, no more cancerous cells that'll take our loved ones, no more hungry kids, no more natural disasters, no child will ever have to ask where his dad is, no funerals where we all wear black, and death will be dead and we'll lock the casket. Death, you used to make me cry, but one day he'll wipe every tear from my eyes. He'll come make all things right. And we'll sing, death has died. But until that day, yes, until that day, this won't be forever. But until that day, yes, until that day, this won't be forever. Yeah, until that day, this won't be forever. I'm I'm through with this. Another Christmas season is through. What I said to the Maurer family on Friday at the grave site, and I'm going to show you a video here in just a second, and it's just a video that wraps up the Christmas season. It talks about how we should be rejoicing over Emmanuel, and God is with us, and he offers us this hope. I told the Maurer family that Jesus just did not come to this earth just to die for our sins. Praise the Lord he did that. But Jesus came so that when he died, he wanted to conquer death as well. That on the third day, he would conquer death so that whenever your time and whenever my time for death has come, we too can conquer death forever. Death has died. One of these days, there will be no more sting. It will be gone. 
That's the hope that Jesus, this little baby, brings to you and me. Listen, as we play this video, if you don't know Jesus, I ask for you to come forward and just give your life to him. I'd love to come pray with you, lead you to Christ so that you can have the hope for tomorrow. You can have the hope that you need. If you're going through something difficult this morning, if you're going through a hardship, a difficulty, I'd love to pray with you as well. God is here this morning offering you hope. Believe in him. Put your faith in him and believe in his word. Take sustenance from his word. Believe in his word. And know this morning we can walk out of this place knowing that there is hope even when our time of death comes. We don't have to fear death. It's a time of rejoicing. A wonderful time. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, we love you. Thank you, God. We thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the hope. God, thank you for the hope that is good on Monday morning. Lord, while we are here together worshiping you and singing songs of praise to you and hearing about you, Father, I know that there are those that are probably hurting. I pray that you would encourage them this morning to know that you have offered them hope as well. Even though they may not feel the way they want to feel, as long as they place their faith in you, God, they may not have answers to all the questions that are out there, as long as they keep trusting you. They may not want to at times even get up, Lord, but as long as they continue to put their faith in you, you will help them get up and put one foot in front of the other, God, and place their faith and trust in you. God, if there's anyone here this morning that needs help in their difficulty, I pray that they'll come and give it to you. And God, we can all rejoice in knowing what you've called us unto, that at the end of our life, it's only beginning for us. Thank you for the hope that you give us. We thank you and we praise you. God, if there's anyone here that wants to have a time with you, Lord, during this video, this song, I pray that they'll come and they'll find you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.